0: Hello everyone, it's Pastor Cooper and welcome to the Midweek Podcast. Um, This episode styling is designed to talk a little bit more in the midweek from our Sunday messages or other cultural moments that are happening in and about our world and to speak on those things from a biblical perspective the next few weeks we're going to have just a little bit of a different style of podcast. We're actually going to take the audio recordings of our Monday night live streams that we've been doing, which are directly um, from our intentional series, and they're called our intentional live stream follow-up conversations. And so the next few weeks we're going to be um, talking and are just using those audio recordings for our podcast episodes. So we hope you enjoy them. If, if you've already watched those live streams, then sweet. But if not, here is a great opportunity to um, just be a part of those follow-up conversations. Um, the two weeks that we're talking about are being intentional in your finances and also um, intentional marriages. So here's this week's podcast. Hello, everyone,
1: and thanks for joining us for our first of two live streams about living intentionally. Intentionally. Tonight, we're going to talk about intentionally managing God's financial resources, and next week, Pastor Cooper and Whitney are going to talk about uh, how to have an intentional marriage and intentional relationships, and that's going to be great, too. For those of you that are just switching over from the Gonzaga game, welcome. Thank you for coming on over and being a part of the live stream. Go Zags, they won again. That's great, and I'm excited about that. And I, I'm just excited to, to do this in a different format, uh, and I hope you're excited, too, and ready to just kind of have a financial conversation. And that's kind of what I want to do tonight. Um, I'm going to ho- hope this will be a less, little bit less preachy and a little bit more teachy and just kind of have a conversation with you tonight, because I think this is really important and we've been talking about intentional living and how important that is, and, and that this is like a conviction of ours at Cheney Faith Center and really has become a conviction of mine that we have to become intentional in er- every area of our life as disciples and followers of Jesus Christ to, to make the most of our life here and to share the gospel with everyone. And our financial resources are a huge part of that, especially as Americans. I think we have been extremely blessed with a lot of financial resources, and property, and possessions, and that can all be used for God's kingdom. And so I think this is a very important conversation. And one of the toughest areas, I, I think, also to follow Jesus is with our money. It just happens to be something that I believe can have a stronghold on us. It's an area that we can get stuck in pretty easily, and before we know it, uh, our finances are leading our life instead of us leading our finances, and so we want to talk about that and make it a big part of our life. So why don't I pray really quick, and then we'll jump in. Jesus, thank you for um, being intentional with us. Thank you that you intentionally saw how much we needed you, how much we needed forgiveness, and how much we needed salvation, and so you left heaven and you came to earth. You died on a cross, and you rose again to set us free. And so we thank you so much that you lived intentionally for us and now we wanna live intentionally for you. And so help us with that. Help us tonight as we talk about finances. And Lord, I know that sometimes this can be a tough subject and it can be challenging based on where we're at. And I pray that you would just help us all um, who are just participating to say, hey, this is an area of my life I really wanna get right for Jesus. And that we would hear you right now, Holy Spirit, and what you have to say. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, um, let me start off with just just a couple quotes, just to kind of get us going and get us thinking about finances and how important they are. Here's here's one that's really important. Uh, It is the Christian's spiritual duty to take dominion over money. If we don't, we surrender God's resources to the enemy. Man, that's a good quote, right? It's our duty to take dominion over money. And I think that's what I was talking about. I think it's really easy. Either we have dominion over our money or our money has dominion over us. One of the two is happening. But what a great quote that we're surrendering God's resources to the enemy when we're not using it for him. Here's another great quote. I love this one. Either you have control over your money or your money has control over you. That's just true. Either our money's controlling us or we're controlling it. Here's another one. Martin Luther said, everyone needs a salvation of the heart, the mind, and the wallet. That's true, right? Every one of us needs that salvation. And so tonight, we just want to think intentionally about financial resources. That's the first step. In fact, if we're going to intentionally live out our financial resources and manage God's financial resources well, then the first thing we have to do is think right. And what do we know helps us think right? God's word. God's word helps us think right. So let me, let me kind of blaze through some verses here that I think help us begin to think right about finances, okay? Here's one, Psalm 24, one. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Man, that's a good reminder, right? The earth is is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Now, what does that mean? That means everything we have and use to live our lives that comes from the earth, because everything we have comes from the earth, that's really the Lord's. And everything in the earth is the Lord's. So think about, we use the earth's resources to make our stuff, to make cars, make our houses, make clothes, food, all of that is from the earth's resources. And all of the earth's resources are the Lord's. That means that God's the owner and we're the manager. God's the owner, we're the manager. We get to manage God's resources. That means that we have to start thinking correctly about our financial resources. Luke 20, verse 21 to 25, this is that moment where Jesus is questioned by some spies, the word calls them, and this is a great verse. So the spies questioned him, teacher, we know that you speak and teach what is right and that you do not show partiality, but teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. Is it right for us to pay taxes to Caesar or not? He saw through their duplicity and said to them, Show me a denarius. Whose portrait and inscription are on it? Caesar's, they replied. He said to them, Then give to Caesar what is Caesar's, and to God what is God's. What a great moment. We often say in our culture that there are two things that are certain in life death and taxes. Well, it's interesting in this verse, Jesus actually said there's three things that are certain in life, death, taxes, and tithing. In Malachi 3, Malachi said that when we don't tithe, we're actually stealing from God because we're using his resources. It's all his, we're just managing it. And so Jesus sets a precedence here, that tithing is the first thing that we do. We see that all throughout the Old Testament. That the first thing we do with our with our income and our finances is to tithe to God. We should give God out of our first fruits. We should give Him the first, the best of what we have. And I think that it's, it's important for us to notice. Here's, what's, here's what Jesus is saying. One of the first things we need to do and get right in our mind is that everything is the Lord's. Another thing we need to get right is that we should give to the Lord first so that our heart's in the right place and our mind is in the right place. Here's another one that Jesus talked about from Luke 6, verse 38. He said, give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Throughout scripture, there's a very, very powerful principle. And it's the principle of sowing and reaping. And that is that what we sow into something is what we reap from it. And so what Jesus is encouraging us here is sow a lot. (laughs) Sow a lot into the kingdom of God. Be intentional about giving to the kingdom and you'll get a lot back from the Lord and from the kingdom as well. Here's another one that Jesus said. This one's more like a a warning in Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. And then this phrase. You cannot serve both God and money. Very true. We cannot serve two masters. We cannot serve both God and money. Now, Here's what I think is a little bit important. The scripture doesn't really teach that wealth building is wrong. Wealth building's not wrong if you serve God instead of money. In fact, I think it's possible and probable and maybe something that we should start thinking about more often in the kingdom is building wealth personally to fund the kingdom. Maybe you're a great entrepreneur and you're super good at, um, starting businesses and turning a business into a profit. Well, maybe you start an entirely new business with the intention that all of the profits would go to fund the kingdom. All of the profits would go to fund a local church or to help missionaries or to help children in foreign countries. We need to start thinking outside the box a little bit and not serve money but serve God and maybe start to think about building wealth that can fund the kingdom. Timothy, or Paul gave another warning in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10 through 12. We've probably all heard this one, but for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people, eager for money, have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. But you, man of God, flee from all this, and pursue righteousness godliness faith love endurance and gentleness fight the good fight of the faith take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses what a great reminder i think this is one of the one of the hearts about intentionally managing god's resources that we can see right we can see in this verse that The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Now here's what what I think is the key. It's the love of money. It's not money itself. Money's not the issue. It's the love of it. It's the desire for it. It's the passion for it. It's the, this is what's driving me. What's driving me is more money, more wealth, more toys, more stuff, right? But what if God's driving you? What if the kingdom is driving you? What if taking the gospel to a foreign country or to a new people group is driving you? And so you you are using your money and your wealth and building wealth to pursue that. That's possible and that's important. But I also want us to notice the, the warning here. When we become eager for money, it's interesting what Paul says. We can actually wander from the faith. In other words, money can be a huge distraction. It can be a huge distraction if we don't put it in its proper place. Here's another one. 2 Corinthians 8, 7 says, But since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. I like this verse because it encourages us to excel in all kinds of things, right? We're excelling in faith and in speech or in other words, how we share the gospel with one another, how we teach one another and help one another grow in knowledge, that's important to grow in, grow in spiritual knowledge and in the knowledge of God's word, in complete earnestness and in love, but then we should also excel in the grace of giving. And one of the things I think that keeps our heart right and our mind right and our, just our thinking in the proper place about money is giving. When we give, we're saying, hey, I trust God with my finances and I, I desire and I want on purpose to fund the kingdom. See, it's important to get our mind in the right place. It's important to get our heart in the right place. There's, a, there's an old story about a man who um, was getting ready to pass away and um, he was talking to this angel that was by his bed and he was asking this angel, you know, can I, can I bring something to heaven with me? And the angel said, well, no, that's, that's not really allowed. And he just kept bugging him and pestering him. And so finally the angel said, sure, you can, you can bring something, whatever you want, just bring it. So the man passes away, and he's got this suitcase with him, and he, he gets to the gates, and Peter's there, and Peter says, you know, I'm sorry, sir, you, you can't bring anything into heaven with you. I mean, you're, you're not going to need anything. This is heaven. I mean, God's going to provide everything for us. You you really don't need anything, so um, just leave it at the gate. And the man said, well, you know, the angel said, said that I could, I could take it in with me, and Peter looks at the angel and he's just like, "Yeah, I kind of made that promise." And so Peter's like, "Okay, whatever. Just bring it in. It's fine. Wh- whatever." So the man starts to pull it into the gate and Peter says, "Oh, wait. Hold on a sec. What what are you bringing?" And so the man gets this big smile on his face and he opens his suitcase and Peter starts cracking up. He's just laughing hysterically. And the man's like, "What's so funny?" And in the suitcase, the man had a whole bunch of gold bars. Peter's like, you brought pavement? See, in heaven, the streets are gold. But in our mind, we think gold is super important. But in heaven, it's not important at all. We have to get what's important in heaven, important here. And what's important in heaven are saved souls. People that have believed in Jesus Christ and said yes to him and are living in the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what's important in heaven. And so we have to recognize that. We have to start thinking that way. We have to make that our life. And we have to say, okay, I'm gonna focus on what's important in heaven on earth. So what's important in heaven is save people, save souls, people that know Jesus Christ and are living for him. Then I'm gonna make that my priority here. Now, can I use gold bars and money to make People important and make making disciples important? Absolutely. If my heart's in the right place, my mind's in the right place, and I'm focused on the kingdom. And that's what we want to do. We want to we intentionally live that way. Now, you may have heard all of these verses, and now you're thinking, okay, Pastor Mark, well, how do I do that? How, how do I live all these verses out practically? <laughs> like, I get it, but um, and I, I think I'm getting it in my head, but I need some nuts and bolts. I need you to start showing me how this is really going to work in my life, practically, every week, every month, every day. How's this going to work? Well, I'm glad you asked. Um, and so I want to talk about that the rest of our time together. And what I mean by that is, is let's get, let's just get nitty gritty. Let's get really deep here about intentionally managing God's resources. And what that means, first of all, is that you and I, all of us, need to live on a budget. (laughs) It means we live on a budget or a cash flow plan, okay? Some people call it a budget. Some people call it a cash flow plan. Um, Now, why do we need to do that? Why should that be important? Well, there's a couple verses that make me think about why. One is, a couple of them are in Proverbs. Proverbs 27, 23 says, know the state of your flocks and put your heart into caring for your herds. Now, obviously, you probably don't have any flocks and you probably don't have any herds, but this was, this was financial resources back in the Proverb day, right? And what, what Solomon is saying is you need to know about what's going on with your flock, And you need to put your heart into caring about your herd. If Solomon was alive today, he'd say what? You need to know the state of your bank account. You need to know what's going in and you need to know what's coming out. And you need to put your heart into caring for what God has given you because they're God's resources, not yours. You're the manager, not the owner. So you need to know about what's going on in your bank account. And the only way to know what's going on in your bank account is to have a spending plan, is to have a budget. Here's a couple other ones. In Proverbs 21, verse five and verse 20, verse five says, good planning and hard work lead to prosperity, but hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. Well, that's a good verse, isn't it? Because our culture is like the opposite of that. We all want what? We all want the shortcut. We all want to win the lottery. We want to win the lottery. And uh, Solomon is saying, no, nah, you got to, the reality is most of us got to have good planning and hard work. Another word for that is a budget. <laughs> verse 20, the wise have wealth and luxury, but fools spend whatever they get. Uh oh. The wise have wealth and luxury. Another way to say that is they save, but fools spend whatever they get. There's a great quote that I love. It says this The flow of money in a household represents the value system under which that household operates. That's a good one. What's your value system? Is your value system, Jesus Christ, what the Holy Spirit's doing in and through you? If that's your value system, then you'll see the flow of your money in your house fund the kingdom and fund what the Holy Spirit's doing in your heart and in your spirit. And that's the kind of people we wanna be. We wanna be intentional people and we wanna be people that do that. That means that we need to get on a budget. That means that we need to have cash flow plans. And I wanna give you a couple tips, okay? So here's a couple tips about a budget, about a cash flow plan. Hopefully you have one already, but if you don't, here's some great tips. And if you do have one, and maybe it's just been struggling a little bit, here's some good tips about how to, to do a budget well and to have a cash flow plan, okay? Here's a couple of them. First of all, plan your budget or your cash flow plan together, okay? Plan it together. If you're married, plan it together. Now you say, Pastor Mark, I'm single. If you're single, plan it together. And what I mean by that is find an accountability partner. Because if you're single, or maybe you're a teenager, or maybe you're in college, right? And you're single, you're going to need someone to hold you accountable, okay? And we all need that. We all need accountability. I, I'm, I'm a pretty good saver and I still need Kate to hold me accountable on things. Otherwise, I'd probably have a new boat every year and that just wouldn't be good for us, right? So you, we all need an accountability partner. If you're married, make that your spouse, right? You can do way more together than you can do apart. Let me give you an example. A, a, a Belgium horse... A single Belgium horse can tow, can pull 8,000 pounds, which is a lot of weight. But two of them together that are working together and know how to pull together and are in unity can pull 32,000 pounds. That's almost triple the weight. See, when you and I work together, we can do a whole lot more. So... You need to plan. You need to plan your budget and and plan things together, which means you may need to figure out who's gonna pay the bills and who's gonna allocate money to its appropriate spots. You're just gonna need to plan that together. Here's another one. Know where your money is going. You have to know where your money is going. And what that means is for one month, keep every receipt and a record of where you spend every single penny the only way for you to know where your money's going is to keep a good record. So spend one month figuring out where you spent every single penny of the money that came in, okay? Then you're gonna know where your money is going each month. So if you buy a coffee each day, you write that down. When you write a bill, you write that down. What you have to do is figure this out because if you buy a coffee each day, you're spending $150 on coffee and you need to know that. And so that's helpful and you have to write everything down to figure that out. Once you've done that, once you know where your money is going, then you can third make a monthly cash flow plan or a budget. You can now make your plan. So you can create categories for your monthly plan and you can now tell your money where to go, right? You can tell your money where to go. Let me, let me show you what I'm talking about. A monthly cash flow plan may look like this. Your, your monthly take home pay may be like $4,500, but your, you need to um, tell your money where to go and you need to create categories for your money. So now you're gonna create categories like ties and giving, and you're gonna put an amount to that, and savings, and you're gonna put an amount to that, and food per month, and put an amount. And on and on, housing, utilities, clothing, transportation, medical, insurance, personal, recreation, this big one, debts, right? That's how you make a monthly cash flow plan. And it's it's how you, and then hopefully at the end of all, you know, putting amounts to each category here, this is zeroed out at the bottom down here. And you know how much you're spending in each of these categories and you're ready to, um, to have a monthly cash flow plan and you know where all of your money is going. Here's another thing that will really help your, um, your budget or your cash flow plan work um, is to cancel all your credit cards except one for emergencies, okay? Cancel all your credit cards except one for emergencies, We, uh, another term for this is plastic surgery. We all need to do plastic surgery and um, that's a tough thing to do, but uh, get out a pair of scissors and cancel all your credit cards and call those people and say, I'm done, I'm not using them anymore, okay? Here's another thing that's really helpful. If you struggle with spending, don't carry your debit card around. (laughs) If you struggle with spending, don't don't carry your debit card around because you'll use it. Uh, I I once knew a lady, I thought this was hilarious. Um, She took her debit card and her credit card and she put them in a cup of water and froze them in her freezer. (laughs) She froze them in her freezer because she had such, she struggled so much with spending. She put the cup in the freezer because she knew. If, if I need that debit card or I need that credit card, that means I'm gonna have to go to the freezer, grab the cup, I'm gonna have to thaw it out. And during that thawing, I'm gonna be thinking, do I, do I, need, do I really need what I'm getting the card out for? And it would make her think it through and then she'd put it back in the freezer and realize, yeah, no, I, I don't really need it. Okay, here's a couple other tips, right? Start an envelope system. Okay, you may say, Pastor Mark, what is an envelope system? It's very simple. If you're gonna have a cash flow plan, then that means you're gonna go to just cash for your spending. You're not gonna use a card very often. And a, an a envelope system helps you know exactly where your money is going. And it helps you budget well. It helps you spend well. And it works like this. So you get a bunch of envelopes and you write on the front of each envelope the categories. So you write all the categories that we had a couple screens ago. So tithes and offerings, transportation, clothing, personal, debt, you write all that on each envelope, on one envelope. And then you put the proper amount of cash in the envelope that you set in your budget. So if you said, um, for transportation, we need $150 a month for gas and oil and whatever it takes to run our our cars and our vehicles um, and maybe to pay your insurance bill, whatever that might be. If you... If you need $150 to do that, then you put it in that envelope and you only use $150 for transportation throughout the month. So you're only taking $150 out of that envelope that says transportation on it for gas and whatever else you might need, a windshield wiper in the winter, whatever it might be. Uh, You're only taking it out of that envelope. Now, you only spend the amount in the envelope for each category. So each category that you have, you only spend uh, the money that's in that envelope for that category. In other words, you don't steal from other envelopes to do something you want to do, right? Like your clothing envelope's empty now, and you're like, well, I'm gonna rob from my transportation envelope. No, that's not how it works. The point of the envelope system is that when your envelope's empty, your spending is done. It's over. You freeze your spending right there so that you stick to your budget, right? And then uh, another really important one is um, don't lose your envelopes. I don't know that from personal experience, but um, don't lose your envelopes, right? Here's another really important one. Save $1,000 in a money market for emergencies. So, We call this an emergency savings account, right? Save $1,000 in the money market for emergencies. Just leave it in there because something's gonna happen. You know, it always does. And then you have a little bit of money for an emergency. Your hot water heater goes out or your car, your brakes go out or whatever. But you need some money there. Now, so put... um, $1,000 in a money market for emergencies. Here's another one. Plan for big expenses. Don't assume that you can pay for a big expense out of your monthly income. You cannot do that. And if you try, you will blow your budget up and you'll mess up all of the good self-discipline that you've done over the past six months, right? So plan for big expenses. Plan for vacations. Plan to pay your taxes. Plan for your next car. All of these things can be done. So plan for big expenses. Okay, here's another one. Don't carry around extra cash, right? Don't carry around a lot of extra cash because you'll spend it. So just put the money in the envelopes. It needs to be there. Leave it there when you need it, go to the envelope and get it, but don't carry around a lot of extra cash. Now, if you have you know, personal, personal might be one of your envelopes and that's gonna be like what you're gonna give yourself as an allowance throughout the month. If that's gonna be what you can do and you can afford to do that, then you can have a little bit in your wallet from that envelope, but, but don't have a bunch of cash around because you'll spend it, okay? Don't impulse buy. Don't don't buy retail and don't impulse buy and don't say oh I need that. Don't get sucked in to the American culture that says you need this, you need that. Nope, don't impulse buy and then last stick to your monthly cash flow plan. This is the hardest one, isn't it? Stick into it. But when you stick to it, you'll discover that your finances get better and better and better and better as you stick to your monthly cash flow plan and you do the second thing that intentionally manages God's resources well, you will find your finances just begin to get better and better and better. So the first one was start a budget, right? The second one is dump your debt. Dump your debt. Now, this one's hard. We probably all have some. Uh, Some debt is good debt, some debt is not so good debt, but all of us need to dump some debt. It's interesting that uh, there's a statistic that is not so great, but it's this. A couple with $10,000 in debt and no savings are twice as likely to divorce as a couple with no debt and $10,000 in savings. See, one of the things that's super unfortunate about our money is most marriage problems begin with money issues. Most divorces happen because of money issues. That's a pretty sad state in our culture that we make money more important than relationships, but that's just where we're at. And that's why we have to be intentional about saying, I'm not gonna be that person. I'm dumping my debt. I'm starting today, and I'm dumping my debt. Now, if you cut up your credit cards up in the earlier step, you're you're on your way, right? Because living with debt is one of the biggest lies of our culture. There's a lie in our culture that you need debt to, to make your credit score good, things like that. All lies. Those are all lies. We don't need debt. In fact, it's interesting. Millionaires say, that the number one key to wealth building is dumping your debt, (laughs) staying out of debt. It's the number one way to wealth build. So how do you do that? How do you dump your debt? Well, one of the ways you can dump your debt is to snowball your debt. It's one of the ways that you can quickly snowball your debt, and it's one of the quickest ways to get rid of your debt. Let me show you how it works. It's, uh, it's a bit of math and hopefully I did the math right because I'm not very good at math. But, um, but uh, here's what's interesting. Snowballing your debt means this. First of all, you do your budget, right? And maybe at the end of your budget, you discover that there's an amount of money that you can use to start paying off debt quicker. Now, in in this scenario, I chose 50 bucks. I, I said you could get 50 bucks to start snowballing your debt. And what this means is it, it's the idea that you take a snowball and you make a snowball and if you start it downhill, it's gonna pick up speed and it's gonna pick up steam and it's gonna pick up more snow and it's gonna become a great big snowball at the, end of, at the bottom of the hill and that's an example of getting to pay off your debt quicker. So I just did a couple really quick things um, just to help us. But let's say you have a doctor's visit, you had a doctor visit and you didn't have the money to pay for it. So I don't know, you put it on a credit card or you just asked them to bill you or something. And so the total payoff for that is a hundred bucks. And they're asking that the minimum payment for that is $20. If you add your $50 that you found from your budget that you could, you could come up with an extra $50, and you may have to move some things around in your envelopes to get to that 50 bucks, but you found out that's what I could do. So what you do is you take that $50 and you add it to your $20, and you start making a new payment of $70. So instead of paying the minimum payment of $20, you start making a new payment of $70. Now, you can see very quickly, you're gonna have that paid off in two payments instead of 5. So that went pretty quick. Your doctor's visit is done. Bam, just like that. But you don't stop there. You continue the snowball. And what that means is you add the 50 that you had at the start, you add the minimum payment that you had as well, and you add the $50 that you now have to pay to your hospital bill that was $450, which is now down to about $350 because you had two months of paying it. Now you have $140 to put towards the hospital bill, which is now done in two extra months. So what would have taken you uh, quite a bit of months, about six or six or eight, is only gonna take you four because you already paid two. And now with the 140, it's gonna take you two more. You can see that this is going really quick and you're just continuing to add and do the math. You have a JCPenney card um, that you use to buy Christmas gifts with and you owe $800 on that. Minimum payment is 70, but now you have $260 to go towards that. You can see that's gonna get paid off really quick. You have a credit card, you got $2,000 on that and uh, your minimum payment's 85, but you've got a whole lot of money that you're adding from all these other payments. You got $345 to make that payment. It's gonna be paid off a lot faster now you're gonna have that paid off in about a couple, after you've paid down a little bit to get to here, it's gonna be paid off in three to four months. And you've got, and then you move to your car, um, and your car, you, you've got $13,000, you've got a $300 minimum payment, but now you can pay $645 towards it. You can see that your car is gonna be paid off in half the time or more than half the time because it's gonna to go towards principal instead of just interest and uh, that car's gonna be paid off in half the time. Now, here's what's really great. When you're done with this whole scenario, which will probably be done in probably a year and a half to two years, um, I actually did this with a couple that had, oh, about $185,000 worth of debt. They paid it all off in about seven months. They had a really good income too, so it was very, very helpful. But when you snowball your debt, you can get it paid off really quick. Then when you have no debt, um, you can do a whole lot of stuff. Now, you may have some more long-term stuff in here. Like you might have um, you might have some school loans in there that are gonna take you a good amount of time. But you can see, if you can put that 645 extra dollars to your school loan, boy, that, that could get paid off and a lot faster. That school loan that might have been You know, a 15-year school loan could probably get paid off in maybe three and a half to five. So you can see that things could get paid off very quickly, and then you can move on to a house and start paying your house off really quickly, and you can get out of debt really quickly if you'd like to. So that's how you snowball your debt. So these are two ways that we can be intentional about our finances, and they get us to a place where we can really be intentional for Jesus. Live on a budget, live on a spending plan, and dump your debt. These are two ways. When you stick to your monthly cash flow plan and you dump your debt, you're becoming intentional with your financial resources, with God's financial resources. And when you have this cash flow plan and you have no debt, you can really start to live intentionally for Jesus. You can save, you can invest, you can give like never before. Whenever you see a need, you can give to it. When you've, when you've got extra, when you think about having extra and your extra is probably gonna be like what this snowball number is. Your extra in your budget is gonna be somewhere around $645 if you don't just go out and spend more money on buying another car or whatever, buying toys if you realize, man, I've got $645 there, and it might even be more, then I can be really intentional. Whenever I see anyone in need, I I can just jump in and I can help in Jesus' name for the glory of the kingdom. You can fund missionaries, send kids to camp for free, help plant churches, send Bibles to foreign countries, sponsor children, buy property for churches, help with debt reduction for ministries. I mean, there's tons of things you can do. I know I have a a friend, uh, um, a gentleman that we were on staff with in, in Klamath Falls. His brother is a lawyer and doing really well. And one of his goals, because he knew that he would have a good income as a lawyer, one of his goals was to live on 10% and give away 90. And he does. He lives on 10% and he gives 90% away to fund the kingdom, to fund things that Jesus tells him to, to just be a blessing to so many people in his life and people that he knows. I'm, I'm making it one of my My long-term goal is to not get behind him in line in heaven (laughs) because whatever he gets, whatever I get, might seem nothing compared to that. Just a little joke to end there. Well, here's what we need to know. If we're gonna intentionally manage God's financial resources that he has blessed us with, then we need to know the truth from God's word. We need to know what God's word says about his resources. We need to make and stick to a cash flow plan, and we need to dump our debt. Now, practically, this can be pretty tough, but I want to encourage you the Holy Spirit is with you. He can give you strength and courage and ability to do all these things. And so you're probably wondering, Pastor Mark, what's my next step? Well, if you don't have a cash flow plan, Then your next step is to sit down with someone, your spouse, or if you're single, someone else, and make your plan. Just make your categories, make your plan, and start your envelope plan. And just get on it right away. Don't forget to take a month to just figure out what everything costs you. And then dump your debt. These are your two next steps. Cut those credit cards up, celebrate that, have fun with that, Make it a party because you're going to get to a place where you can intentionally manage God's resources. And I can tell you, when you're at that place, the other thing that is so awesome about being in that place is the peace that comes into your life. Because you recognize in that moment, and I'm not stuck to this at all. I'm not, I'm not stuck to anything. I'm not, I'm not subject to a lender. Proverbs says, a borrower is subject to the lender. Uh, there, nobody's got a string on me. Nobody's got a hold on me in any way. And I can just freely do what Jesus is asking me to do. And that is a great place to live. And there's incredible, extraordinary peace in that place as you recognize you're fully living. In the place that God has for you. So I want to encourage you to get there, do whatever you can to get there, and to just trust that the Lord is with you. And if you need someone to talk to about it, uh, grab one of the pastoral staff. You can email me at mark at geniefacecenter.org. Love to just have a phone conversation with you and just talk about uh, where you're at financially and help you out. Um, Anything we can do, we'd love to help you um, know that the Holy Spirit is with you as well. Well, let's close in prayer. And I hope you've had a great time tonight, and I hope this has helped out a lot as we've talked about intentionally managing God's financial resources. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you so much for what you're doing in and through us. Thank you that we can live intentionally, that this this is something you've called us to as your people. And it's something that you're empowering us in through the Holy Spirit. And so I pray that you would help each and every one of us. Lord, I think every single one of us who are listening or gonna watch this later, there's something we could change with our finances. And I pray that we would seek out your direction, Lord. Help us to seek out what you have for us and to change whatever might need to change so that we can be intentional with our finances for you. Thank you so much that you've given us Uh, great finances here in the United States. We have so much, and there's so much to um, to think of as a blessing and to be thankful for. And we do give you thanks for that, Jesus. And we pray that you would help us to be intentional about those resources that you've given us and to put your kingdom first, knowing that you will give everything to us when we put you first. We give you thanks, and we give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thanks for joining us. Always remember, Jesus loves you very much. So to Kate and I. Have a great rest of your week.